Hello and welcome back to episode number 21 here of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. And uh, as you know by now, this podcast is brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, where you can find us on Twitter at Pounding underscore F-S-S-N and powered by the Fans First Sports Network. And you can follow Fans First on Twitter at Fans First S-N. And rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that would be great. Well, here on episode 21, my latest guest on Inside the Vault, he is owner and co-founder of the Four Man Rush. Uh, you know him well. Uh, follow him at 4MR underscore country Kev. And those were both with K's. Uh, Kevin Avery, welcome to Inside the Vault, my man. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, trying to get through this uh, Panther season that we're on right now, uh, this 2023 edition of <laughs> Carolina Panthers. Um, as I do with every podcast um, to start, let's just get your observations from this season uh, as a whole, uh, and then we'll get into the more nitty gritty. One in twelve is our current record after the Saints game last mm. week. So. Your overall observations from the team uh, this season as a whole uh, to start? Well, as far as my overall assessment, I can definitely say that I came into the season with some, I like to say, logical expectations Mm -hmm. of some success. The NFC South was widely regarded as a very wide-open division coming into the 2023 season. And, you know, with the moves that the Panthers made, things that the front office said, um, you know, as a fan, I was like, okay, we actually got a shot at this thing. Mm -hmm. And, well, as you mentioned, 1 in 12, and here we are. So just overall, uh, you know, a lot of things that we kind of had pulled over our eyes or were led to believe have been exposed as the season wore on Yeah, in the preseason. Uh, you know, when we saw the lackluster offensive performance, it was just like, oh, no, we're just holding everything back for the pre, you know, t- for the regular season. This is just vanilla concepts, nothing to worry about. We are, we're saving everything week one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can buy that. And what do we do? Save everything for week one and go out there and only score – 10 points in a 24-10 week one loss to a hated division rival on the road at their place in the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. And, um, you know, from that point on, it just began to slowly snowball into an avalanche of disappointments for us Panther fans as the season um, grew on. Um, Obviously, early on, the defense – Gave us enough chances to be in position, but after a while, they got tired. I think weeks five and six, we had back-to-back 40-point losses to the Detroit Lions on the road and uh, to the Miami Dolphins, went into our bye week. And after our after our bye week, um, it seems like, okay, Nobody else in the division is playing extremely well. We still got a chance there. Let's yeah. let's, let's, let's fix whatever needs to be fixed. Let's get on a roll. And 
boom. Then we mess around and uh, get a win at home over the Houston Texans. All right, cool. All right, we got one in there. You know, that's that's a, that's a building block. Let's 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 go from there, and then just continue to. While the defense definitely, if I'm not mistaken, um, has been top five ish. You know, since then, um, matter of fact, I had checked prior to coming on. Uh, as far as total yards per game, yeah. Carolina Panthers yeah. is ranked fourth in the NFL right now for the season, in spite of being one and twelve. So obviously the defense got the memo and got themselves straight straightened out. You know, if you take out those two forty-point games, they could legitimately have a shot at being probably like the number one defense. You know, during the season, in spite multiple levels of starters and injuries on all three levels, defensive line linebacker, uh, defensive back, you know, all those hits. So um, it's just been it's just been an eyesore offensively to watch, you know, wide receivers not getting separation, uh, offensive line not forgetting what pass block mean, um, not a lot of push in the run game. Uh, play design is very looks very limited, not putting players in position to succeed, and it's just been, uh, like I said, it's just really just been a combination of just a lot of unfortunate circumstances that has pretty much tarnished the 2023 season. Yeah, uh, well said there. Um, let's get into it specifically recapping uh, the Saints game this past Sunday, 28-6 um, to six loss down in New Orleans, the Big Easy. Um, we saw, uh, like we saw in the Tampa Bay game, we saw some more motion. We saw play action. We saw uh, Bryce under center this week. But I, I feel like this week, the lack of wide receiver one really showed itself. Um, Bryce did miss some throws. Uh, we had the one to Mingo, especially that stuck out uh, where he had separation and Bryce just just missed him. Um, but we also had a blocked punt for a touchdown. So special teams killed us this week. And then uh hubbard ran for 87 yards sanders 74 yards with a long of 48 as the team ran for 204 yards on the game we outgained the saints in total yards time of possession rushing yards total plays and yet we still lost so uh all that's to say a lot of good things this week with a lot of bad um, so real quick, just thoughts on uh, this game and then going forward, um, we'll get into the Falcons game in a little bit. Yeah, so with this game, the thoughts of it is, as much as I am a big advocate of, you know, running game, you know, me being a trench guy myself, um, I think nothing's more demoralizing than, than just lining up and just running down your opponent's throat at will. But to have over 200 yards rushing, and only six points to show for it, not no touchdowns. It it truly supports the the theory out there that you know points come in the passing game. Yep. You know, because now this game was played, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, this this would have been, you know, um, a much more different, you know, result likely with you know the amount of uh rushing yards. But it did establish the fact that what we saw the week prior at Tampa, well, I think we had 135 yards in that game, showed that the concepts, 
the run concepts that worked successfully towards the end, towards the latter half of the season last year were finally being applied and used. And those concepts are running more power gap uh, run plays, plays where quarterback is uh, taking snaps under the center, as you um, had mentioned earlier. And for those that don't know the difference, power gap is where the offensive linemen block downhill. They block the guy that's directly in front of them, slightly to the left, slightly to the right. They're moving ahead, and the running back goes to a designated hole. Is it the A gap between the center and the guard? Is it the B gap between the guard and the center? Like, that's where the running back heads to versus zone, where the linemen step you know, left together, either all to the left, all to the right, and whatever crease is opened up, that's where uh, the running back goes. And right. And um, so that's the difference. So we went more um, more back to the power gap schemes that made us very successful, uh, you know, during the latter part of 2022 season. Um, and and it definitely it definitely showed. Any quarterback would love to have 200 yards, um, you know, to support them. But as yeah. you previously well stated, the issue was the passing game. Yes, I would be the first one to say Bryce Young missed several opportunities with receivers that finally did get open, finally did get some separation and just simply, you know, flat out missed. And, and oddly enough, for the first time, we're finally hearing things about Bryce works, uh, Bryce Young's footwork, which was never something we heard about prior until uh, this last, you know, couple of games. So I'm thinking that it's a combination of, the wear and tear of the season, shell shock, maybe anticipating pressure is not there because he's getting hit so frequently with it. I just think that it's just a combination of of the season itself is starting to show up in Bryce Young's footwork. Um, and I just think that that just led to the uh, missed opportunities. Doesn't help that I think there were like six drops yeah, uh, as well. At least. I mean, it was just like – there was enough blame to go around, you know, for everybody. But of course, when your quarterback, fair or not, if the pass game's not going to go good, it's primarily going to be on place at the quarterback's feet uh, for the lack of success. But uh, just, I mean, this was what a 14, this is still a one score game. In the um, fourth quarter. Mid, yeah. mid fourth quarter at that, like six, you know, like six minutes left. So the yeah. final score is not an indication. Um, of the game, you know, whatsoever. And I think the thing that bored my blood the most was that when Sanders did break out that long run, got us to the one-yard line, and the next play, we're in shotgun, and we're running the ball. Yeah, I don't care if the entire Saints organization knows what play we're running. If I got to line up four times and run that ball straight with my quarterback under center, to get that one yard, that's what I'm going to do. You're going to have to show me that you can stop me four times running the ball under center. This this shotgun, pistol, whatever, anything where the ball goes back two or three yards before the run, it it hurts. It hurts my soul. I, I don't. If if you don't like Bryce Sean being in there because it's sight, put you know Andy Dalton in to run it. What, whatever you got to do, but there's no need for us on especially yeah. on the one yard line to be. There and as you can see, my facial expression, like I say, that's how much it annoys me. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but overall, um, yeah, the final score is not an indication of the game. 
whatsoever. But at the end of the day, you are what the scoreboard says. Uh, we just find ways to to beat ourselves. We more so beat ourselves more than um, the Northern Saints beat us. Yep. Um, going into Sunday's contest now, uh, moving forward uh, back at Bank of America after some time away, three-game road trip. Um, we faced the Atlanta Falcons, who you mentioned 24 to 10 loss in Atlanta week one. Uh, Bryce threw three picks that day. Uh, Jesse Bates had um, some picks on him. And um, let's preview this game a little bit. We're three point home underdogs, uh, which should surprise nobody, uh, being at one and 12. Um, and we'll get some predictions after this as far as down the line. But um, what do you want to see uh, in this game against the Falcons? Obviously, we know the playoffs are no longer a possibility for this Panthers. Um, not that we thought that was going to be a possibility anyway after a one and six start. But regardless, officially, now that we are officially eliminated, what do you want to see? against the Falcons, we'll first start uh, with the Bryce and the offense uh, side of the ball. Okay, offensively, um, I would like to see, due to the weather conditions that they're calling for Sunday, which is going to be a uh, a very rainy uh, period, because last Sunday in Charlotte, it was a very rainy Sunday here, um, Ryan. So with that said, that tends to favor going more with your running game. So I would like to see a very similar rushing performance uh, offensively out of the Panthers. Um, um, I would like to see a little bit more personnel variation, uh, more two tight ends, more 12 personnel uh, to be used. Now, I know that uh, Tommy Tremble and Hayden Hurst were out, which only left Ian Thomas and Stephen Sullivan at tight end. So mate, but, you know, we've been running 11 personnel, which is, one back, uh, one tight end, ninety percent right. of the time. So uh, even healthy, they wouldn't get a lot of double tight end sets. But I, I, w- I would like to think that with this, uh, with this game, that would be more um, incorporated. Um, I would like to see us, you know, not have any turnovers. Of course, that's with with any game. But again, self inflicting, um, you know, get rid of self inflicting wounds. You know, let's let's shore up, you know, punt protection. You know, for one thing, because <laughs> yeah. this is a copycat lead, so I'm sure that play has been watched over numerous of times to feel like, okay, you know, can we duplicate the same results? So, you know, until you show you can stop it, you're going to get tested in that area. So, I do expect the Saints to try to, I mean, um, Falcons to try to imitate what the Saints did on special teams. Um, I, w- I would like to see, like I said, due to weather, it doesn't have to be a huge yardage day offensive, but I would like to see key conversions in the passing game when we need it. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to move the sticks, uh, like, you know, like you wrote the stats, you know, to dominate the stat line like that time of possession, uh, you know, total yards, total number of plays, all of that. We're going to need a similar type of performance. And as crazy as it may sound, even with the difficult weather, if we can somehow manage, we can come up with about 20 to 24 points. I think that'll be more enough to beat the Atlanta Falcons because, yeah, you know, because if anybody's watched, um, watched them play um, for the weapons that they have, they, a lot of their fans are moaning and groaning and complaining about their coaching as well. You know, um, you know, with the talent, with the usage of running their rookie running back, B. John Robinson, 
their third-year tight end who they drafted number four overall, Kyle Pitts. Uh, their first-round wide receiver last year, Drake London. I mean, when you think about those, you would think the Falcons would be an offensive juggernaut, you know, but they haven't been, and a lot of the blame has that I've heard from friends of mine who are Falcon fans has been at the uh, play calling. So not only have Panther fans been complaining about our play calling, Falcon fans have been complaining about theirs as well. Uh, plus, they have had multiple injuries along that offensive line yeah. that uh, as well. So there was ever uh, an opportunity to, quote, steal us a win. Uh, this game uh, presents the opportunities this upcoming Sunday. And then on the defensive side um, with Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and we'll get into those guys specifically here in a second. Um, but what do you want to see as a whole from the defensive side? Man, I would like to see us have a, uh, a sack party for once. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I would I, love that too. <laughs> like, I understand it's not going to be frequent, but um, I would just I would just love to see about, gosh, at least four sacks. Uh I would like to see about eight to ten quarterback hits. Uh, you know, just putting body uh, body on the, on the second year QB Ritter um, because a lot of their play play passing is coming out of out of play action. You know, because they do run since they do run that outside zone yeah. um, scheme. Uh, that is something that they do. Um, I just like the opportunity for our defense to uh, particularly our defensive line, because we've been hearing about Derrick Brown, who's having one can even argue an all pro caliber type of season. Yeah. Uh, so far now, if you want them basic stat junkies who, Oh, he only has one sack. What kind of defensive tackle is that? Then you're completely missing the value um, of the game of Derrick Brown. I think Aaron Donald has ruined it for other defensive tackles. If they're not putting up big sack numbers week in and week out, yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at his quarterback hurries and hits, he's one of the top five defensive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tackles, um, you know, playing at his position right now. But I want I like to see a game where our defensive tackles, um, you know, Shy Tuttle and uh, I don't know if uh, the, the other guy that we signed, I don't know if he's back, but we've been rotating on the defensive line. Like I said, we've been having injuries. Uh, Rashawn Williams, that's it. Yeah, right. um, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I want to see a game where they're impacting the the blocking schemes. You know, uh, some tackles for losses, some you know blowing up the plays that allows you know our linebacker core to swoop in. Um, I just think, like I said, with the weather forecast, I think that the Falcons are going to try to duplicate what they did week one against us, which was um, both Bijan Robinson and. Uh, Tyler Algier to have pretty um, solid uh, running game against us, if I'm not mistaken. I think all three of their touchdowns were on the ground against us week one. Uh, with Algier, I believe he had two of those. Uh, and then I think Bijan Robinson scored on that uh, swing pass where uh, he got past Shaq Thompson. So 
Yeah. Uh, I think that they will try to uh, duplicate that same uh, same formula um, here. So I expect both teams to be run heavy uh, this upcoming um, upcoming um, Sunday, and I, I just feel like that defensively wise, we're we're playing a better uh, better defense than the Falcons right now, and I just feel like that the uh, opportunity is there, especially with our secondary. You know, with J.C. Horn, you know, getting his Himself back in the groove. Um, also, Von Bell, you know, coming, you know, getting some, you know, these guys that have missed significant time are uh, working on work himself back in. Jeremy Chin, yeah, and you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I definitely favor our defense uh, to put out the better performance um, this upcoming week on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, you mentioned Derek Brown and Brian Burns, so we'll get into them here. Um, Derek Brown, you know, you like you said, uh, he he's a bad man. He, this season, he is coming on a strong. He's taking his game to another level. Um, quick nugget um, that I saw earlier today, which I think uh, I think you might have seen as well. Um, mm-hmm. The Panthers have actually not allowed a three hundred yards per game and against any quarterback this season. So our defense is definitely. Uh, balling out and that starts with Derek Brown as you mentioned having that Pro Bowl type season someone who's taken his game to the next level and then Brian Burns you know he had those uh strong start in Atlanta and then the after that he's been very inconsistent at times especially with this contract uh thing that kind of held over him over these uh off season and into the to start of the year so my question to you is I, I've started to see uh fans say well Forget Brian Burns now. Let's assign Derek Brown to an extension first. Brian Burns need, can wait now. He let, let's slap the franchise tag on him. He can wait. Derek Burns is now the new. Or sorry, Derek Brown is the new priority. Um, w- what do you think about that? Uh, having Brown uh, now as the priority number one, and then Burns slap the franchise tag on him. He'll still be here next year um, on, on that franchise tag. I think that as you know, much as I love Derrick Brown and was probably the happiest when we drafted him, uh, I think that fans have quickly forgotten about the impact of Brian Burns, how that his whole tenure here, outside of that one year in 2021 when he had Hassan Reddick on the opposite side of him, it's pretty much been Brian Burns or Bus as far as our uh, type of our pass rush because who else can you think of that he's had to have run opposite of him that has ever been able to give that double, that double-edged sword attack from a pass rush, pass rushing perspective. Um, I cannot think of any. Um, that we've seen flashes from guys like a Marquise mm-hmm. Haynes, like a gross Matos, but outside of that, uh, no, like you said, Reddick has been that one guy. Yeah. So um, I, I just think that it's a lot of forgotten, um, noise and then you know fans are also so quick to compare you know use like I say sacks as the you know ultimate telltale um, you know of a uh, defender's game particularly in the front seven whether you're uh, a linebacker or whether you're a defensive lineman uh, I, 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 I still think resigning Brian Burns is top priority I like to commend him for playing this season when others have held out. Yeah. You know, 
he would have had absolutely every right, had all the leverage. But, you know, this is a guy that truly, truly wants to be here. He's running risk of of injury, um, you know, and possibly, you know, put, you know risking the, the quote big payoff. Um, once the Panthers refused to trade him for, I believe, a deal that it was for two first rounds and a third. Yeah, so the LA me, which, correct. Right. So for me, I was like, okay, boom, that's our guy. You know, we're not, you know, turn away. That's when we're going to continue to build our, you know, defensive, uh, our defensive round. Um, he's the core player. He's the leader. His, his defense, he said that. He said, these are the guys I want to be in the trenches uh, with. He he was one of the first ones to uh, congratulate Shaq Thompson for taking uh, a lesser deal to stay here because he was committed and wanted to go. You know, he said, these are the guys I want to play and win or lose with. So for this notion that players are only about the money, I think that uh, we have some players on the team that, yeah, business is business, but I love going to work with the, the guys I go to work with. So for me, um, I suppose us fans, we're, we're tied to our opinions, but for me, our pro top priority should still be uh, securing a long-term deal with Brian Burns. That's going to do numerous of things for us. Number one, uh, that's going to open up our, our salary cap uh, to be able to add more players via free agency to kind of offset the the loss of the talent of players that we could get because we don't have a first round pick this year. So we're really going to have to be strong in free agency. Plus, let's be honest, we're not exactly the most attractive place right now. So we're going to need some extra money to, to kind of overpay or compensate to get guys to come here. You know, so, yeah. getting, so getting a deal done with Brian Burns first, who is, um, 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 would would definitely be the uh, the route I hope that we end up going on, whether that's if Scott Fitter is retained or not, or whoever the new GM oh, yeah. person. Yeah, oh, save sorry. that. We'll get right into okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's Burns first, then uh, then Prey Brown and uh, Frankie Louvelu. Yeah, that's so. another good one too. Yep. Um, one last one, and then we're going to do a lightning round, uh, kind of to finish, um, before we get okay. you out of here. Um, what players should be, we be watching down the stretch in these last four games? Who, who do you see uh, as the guys we need to watch? Uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll say outside of Bryce and, um, the guys we mentioned, maybe Derek Brown and Brian Burns, we, we mentioned them already. Uh, what are some other guys we need to watch down the stretch? Uh, me being a trench guy, um, I'm gonna go back to the offensive line. Two guys I want to see. How they play the rest of the season out is center Bradley Bozeman and left tackle uh, Iki Ikuanu. Um, both of them have given up eight sacks each so far. I, I know that a lot of the venom that's that you, or toxic that you say is on Twitter has been towards Iki because he's a first round pick. We took him six overall, uh, and I get it. He has definitely regressed um, here, but you know Bradley Bozeman, who's job is who's directly in front of the quarterback he's just he's been as big of a turnstile as as anybody else um as far as uh pass rush uh, i mean allowing the um um pressure quarterback pressure get to the quarterback he's given up eight sacks himself which yeah. is tops amongst all centers starting in the nfl so uh those two guys i, I would like to see how they perform um you know for the uh, for the rest of the season on the offensive side and if I could say on the defensive side, um, uh, now that he's back, I want to see how J.C. Horn, um, 
performs mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, he's missed a lot of time, and that's been unfortunate, but I want to see how he performs down the stretch. Yeah. Um, let's go into the lightning round a little bit, and some of this is going to be um, quick, um, okay. quick answers, um, and kind of we can get into some predictions uh, before we get you out of here. Um, sure. What does Bryce Young need around him? Simple question, a lot of answers, but uh, what are the priorities that Bryce needs around him? Going forward, going forward, um, number one protection. Um, number one would be protection. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about his size coming in. The fact that he's played with the amount of hits that he's taken is unbelievable. So for me, uh, protect Bryce Young, and then obviously uh, get some weapons in the uh, passing game. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, specifically now to the offensive line protection, like you said, um, do the Panthers just need depth? at the offensive line, or do we need to upgrade positions such as guard and center? I think those are the ones that fans have been focusing on. Um, you know, some people believe, like you said, Icky better suited at guard. I personally believe with better coaching, I think he'll be um, just fine at left tackle. I think um, a lot of veteran offensive linemen, I've heard say it's year three when the linemen actually start gelling, uh, especially left tackles. Um, as a whole so but we've lost both guards obviously this season and then Bozeman has regressed a little bit but to his own volition he has said that the zone scheme has not been his the best scheme fit for him so um, thoughts on that yeah um, a good coach whoever the next one is is going to put a scheme in place that allow players to be their best so I will hope that you know we can go back to a like I said a, a power gap blocking scheme that allows Bozeman uh, Icky and others to perform better. But as far as improvement, um, yes, the interior uh, offensive line needs to be rebuilt. Um, this is back-to-back years that starting guards uh, have not been able to finish the season um, with us. I think we're down to like third-string guards now. So yeah. um, for me, uh, we, uh, yes, both both guard positions because Corbett, uh, I don't know how old he is, but, uh, you know, he's coming on back-to-back injuries. Um, here, Brady Christensen coming off back-to-back season in the injuries. Um, so, yeah, we definitely need to show up the interior. Cor- uh, Corbett is 28. Um, okay, okay, okay. So he's not old at all. Okay. Yeah, but like you said, the ACL and, and back-to-back injuries not not the best um, uh, on that there. Um, okay. And then I was trying to get Brady Christensen's age, but I, I think he's like 25, 26. Uh, he, he's not that old, I, I believe. But, right. Um, uh, anyway. Regardless, um, next one is who should the Panthers look for in a head coach? Who should they get? Um, I will say my top three targets are very simple. I, this might be yours too. Um, ben Johnson, Detroit Lions OC, Frank Smith, Miami Dolphins OC, and a Jerry Rivera, defensive coordinator currently of the Panthers. Okay. All right. Those are definitely three popular choices. Um, well-deserving choices. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different here uh, as far as my own opinion. Um, number one for me uh, would be current Panthers defense coordinator, uh, Ijero Ivero. Okay. Um, yeah. Because things, as for me, it's got to be so much more than X's as old when you're the head coach. you got to be a leader. Uh, you got to be a leader of men. you got to be someone that can establish culture. Um, he's shown that no matter what deck you give me, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my unit running. So I yep. think that he goes along that most. So he would be my number one um, here. Number two, 
may spark a little controversy here. Um, Steve Wilkes. Um, I think that now if he's willing to, that's the different question. But that's I like Steve Wilkes. Yes. 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 Uh, a public apology in a in a nice bag, I think, would would would, would be what it would take. But uh, but yeah, um, that's he's a proven commodity as far as what I said. You know, leader of men and someone that established a a, a culture which is so much more important than just knowing X's and O's. Yep. Um, and then number three, uh, I like the uh, Miami offensive uh, coordinator. Anyone from the Cal Shanahan tree. Uh, limb branch, whatever you want to, you know, call it. Uh, I definitely like uh, when I watch the game with the Dolphins. Uh, the fact that they use a lot of twenty-one personnel, use a fullback, double tight ends, different motions, all that. I like that. So those yeah. would be my three choices. Yeah. Um, Scott Fitterer. Um, brief thoughts on his tenure and does he get retained? I keep it real brief. Um, I gave him a pass because when I found out Matt Rule had final sale personnel decisions, so everything up until this past year, I gave Scott Fitter a pass for. Uh, I felt like it was Matt Rule's. But uh, just off this year alone, um, he's definitely failed. Uh, You know, primarily not resigning Brian Burns is one of the biggest things on his shoulder. And then uh, where's the impact players in free agency? So, uh, no, he should not be retained. If we're going to clean house, Clean house. Yeah. Um, David Tepper's ownership. I didn't have time to get into this with you here, but basically, okay. and uh, I think with David Tepper, I think it's very simple. I think it, this has already been written uh, by a lot of writers. Take a book out of Jed York from the 49ers where he just stepped back, let his guys coach. Uh, I believe he fired close to the same amount of coaches that De- Tepper has. And then he landed Kyle Shanahan. So maybe that's the key. Uh, if Tepper can realize that, um, we'll see. That's not, look, that's our biggest prayer. Cause man, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love David Tepper. I like, I, I think a lot of, I think he deserves a lot of criticism, but uh, he's, a, I, I just think that if, like you said, if he could just shut the, you know what up, write the checks, sit back with his wife, Nicole, and, and, and let things, let football people do the football things. Because he's always said, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. I think if he does that, I think we'll be just fine. Because right now, he's got a toxic relationship. And it's, it's not looking good around for not only coaches, but free agents as well. One guy we did not touch, um, we'll, we'll give a tease. Um, uh, we'll have the guys follow you uh, on Twitter to get your takes on Bill Belichick. Uh, we'll have guys uh, look at your some of your past tweets on that to give uh, the fans yes. that. So go look at Kevin's Twitter on Bill Belichick. He has quite some thoughts there. Uh, well, as I said at the top, my guest today here has been Kevin Avery of the Four Man Rush. Uh, Kevin, always good to see you, and thanks for coming on Inside the Vault. Uh, anything else you want to plug since we got you real quick? Um. You know, I just want to like to say thank you for the opportunity again. Um, here, I appreciate you being a, a fan of uh, my work, which is a representation of the Four Man Rush. Um, you know, I just like you know people to just you know come follow us. You know, check us out on Twitter. Uh, you know, where where be happening. Also, come check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, we also have an Instagram page, um, and we have our own YouTube channel as well. Uh, so we can go back and check all of our podcasts out. And if nothing else, uh, you can always go to our website. Um, which is www.vthe, the number four, manrush.com. Um, that'll lead you to all of our social media platforms that I've uh, that I mentioned. So, um, you know, come check us out. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks again for coming on here on Inside the Ball, and we'll talk to you down the line.
Look forward to it. Take care. Stay warm out there and keep pounding. All right. Well, that will wrap up episode number 21 here on Inside the Vault, uh, Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, I'm your host again, Ryan Smith, and uh, we will see you next time. Again, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.